I'm Carlo, Carlo Pietro Sanfilippo, and this is my podcast. With this project, I want to explore the means, methods, tools, and examples of living on purpose, living the life we want, doing the things that light us up, things that make us feel like we're alive, growing, making a difference, and enjoying the process along the way. Welcome to It's the Journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to It's the Journey, episode number 67. Today, I want to dive into a concept that I touched on a little bit in my last episode, which was quiet quitting. And I actually started thinking about that as I was preparing for my interview and conversation with Everett Morley, as I was thinking about her life and all the changes that she had made with her relationship and her job and even her physical location, how she wasn't happy with those. And that in our interview, she let me know that she believed that she would have eventually changed them all anyway, but how COVID kind of accelerated that. And I had a similar experience with my own profession. And during COVID, I, I, I knew I didn't want to be a financial planner anymore. Uh, and I kept finding ways to, to put it off thinking, okay, I, I, ways to make it seem more tolerable or try to get some meaning from it. And then ultimately during COVID, I really realized I, I just don't want to do that anymore. And then I found a way out. But I started thinking about it because I hadn't even heard the term quiet quitting until right before that conversation. And like like so, like so many things on the internet, it just, it was all of a sudden seemingly everywhere. There's these I guess, trending topics. So I looked into it and like anything, if you take an integral perspective, you can see the good and the bad in, in something. I could see both perspectives. I can see the perspective as an, of an employer and an employee. Uh, and then I tried to look at it more broadly of how quiet quitting leads to what I described in my book, uh, the first huge chunk of my life of me from where I sit now, really seeing that I was living a half-life. I wasn't fully engaged and fully in love with and fully excited about the things I was doing or even feeling like they were taking me where I ultimately wanted to go in my life. So in a lot of ways, I had quit, quietly quit a lot of parts of my life because of the responsibilities I had and the, the self-limiting belief that I couldn't do anything else. So I just needed to make the best of that situation. So I want to talk about it because I, I see I see almost like this typical pattern of sometimes just polite and sometimes slightly snarky posts about um, defending it or attacking it. And like anything else in life, uh, it, it's both both those perspectives are true but partial. And so, first of all, for for anyone that hasn't heard that term, and I've talked to several friends about this, as I've been kind of, <laughs> it's it's been kind of gnawing at my mind. And I've talked to some friends and some people hadn't even heard about it. I found an article in Axios, which is linked in the show notes. And they described it as performing only the tasks they are, meaning employees, required to, giving up on going, quote, above and beyond, end quote. And other, from the 
employee perspective, I've seen people say, no, you're, you're acting your wage. You're doing what's required. And if somebody wants more from you, they should pay you more. And I see why both perspectives are there. And from an employment standpoint, and from someone who is self-employed for almost my entire career, the last 27 years, I only earned money based on what I and my ultimate, and then eventually I had a team, ultimately what, what we earned money based on what we did. When you have a service or when you receive a service, and if it's if your evaluation of a, a meal or a vacation or a, a trip to a hotel is that it meets expectations, <laughs> you're not going to be a raving fan of that. You're not going to tell your friends about that. You're not going to write a review about that if it met your expectations. If it's terrible, you wouldn't go there again. And, and, and if an employee situation uh, or uh, for on both sides of it, if the employee um, is in a job situation that's horribly toxic, they're likely going to get out as bad as possible. But if it meets their expectations, it's fine. They'll find a way to live through it. And then if the employer has someone that's meeting expectations, it's there's not a big resounding reason to, to get rid of them. And there's not a big reason also to like expect more from them or reward them or, you know, it's, 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 it's rarely, it's rare that you just say, Hey, if I'm going to, I'm going to pay you more. So now you need to start doing more. Um, That's not, not always how it works. And so from an self-employed, so from a self-employment standpoint, my clients were all my bosses. By the end of my career, I had 50 bosses, if you will, 50 clients, 50 people that, that I was providing service to. And over the years, I worked with people who would eventually give me more and more of their business or as they became more successful. I, I was a financial planner for people that, know, that don't know that. If I did a really good job for them when they had no money, when they received money through either their earnings or inheritance or some other way, if I was doing a good job for them when they were, quote, a small client or someone that wasn't didn't have a lot of money and therefore I wasn't earning a lot from them, but I did a good job for them, then I was the person that they came to. Hey, I uh, my uh, uncle died and left me a million dollars. What should I do with it? Or I retired and I've got this big pension plan. What should I do with it? I've got, um, if somehow they came into money or somehow they started earning a lot of money or they sold their business or whatever it was, if I was there for them, and working hard and going above and beyond when when they weren't my top client, then I was the person who got the business when a big event like that came along. And also, regardless of how much business I got from the person, if I did a really good job and somebody asked them, hey, do you have a financial planner? If I was meeting expectations, they you don't get referrals in that way, generally, they might be like, "Yeah, this is a guy. He's they're fine, they're fine." Yeah, meh. That's that's. And if that person asks three friends, the friend that says, "Oh my gosh, this is you need to talk to my person. They're amazing. She calls me back when I call her. They uh, 
they proactively reach out to me if there's a problem. They're coming to me with ideas. They listen to me. They know who I am. They care about me. You need to call this person. They're great. All my, all, my, my whole family works with them. That that person exceeded expectations and they're getting the business. And that's a sad fact. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a sad fact. That's, it's in a way, it's a good thing. It's like you're, if you're, it's just like a, a, a relationship. If you're in a relationship with someone and it's just meh, you're not, someone better comes along that gives you attention and, or whatever, you know, that's, that's when people leave relationships. That's when people have affairs. That's when have all kinds of, and it's like, it's two ways, you know, people quit each other. Employers, employers sometimes create that environment for their employees. They stop showering them with love. They stop caring. They stop, now love might be the wrong word, but they stop giving them attention. You know, when there's a, when you're a new member of the team, you know, you might they make a big fuss about you and everyone welcomes you and you get your whatever, your name badge or whatever happens when you join in, in this weird cor corporate culture we have now. Uh, and then after a while, you're just one of the team and it's not special anymore. And maybe you're just not getting, you get all kinds of training when you first start and help. And after you're kind of up and running, you're just expected to do what you do. And it doesn't matter if you learn to do your job better or whatever, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do, then fine. And if you go above and beyond, sometimes fine. You answer phone calls on vacation. That's expected. You answer phone calls on holidays. You work on the holidays. You work extra. It's all expected. And that's when the employer has quietly quit on the employee. And that's part of what creates this culture. And so friends do that to each other. Family members do it to each other. Uh, intimate relationships, people do it with each other. They come to start to take the other person for granted. And then that that can create a situation where someone doesn't feel appreciated, loved, paid attention to, and they'll quietly quit. And so I think if you find yourself in that situation where you're like, I'm not doing any more than I'm getting paid for. I don't, I'm not happy here. I don't like this, this, or even you're maybe not even unhappy. You're just not, you're not excited about it. Then it's probably, you're probably in danger of wasting your life. And what, and what Henry David Thoreau said, the mass of men live lives of quiet desperation. What is called resignation, what is called resignation is confirmed desperation, end quote. And that's, that's, what, that's what struck me about this is that while I think arguing for or against it is missing the point. If you find yourself in a relationship, in a job, in a situation that you aren't excited about, isn't lighting up your soul, isn't it? Isn't something you're willing to put your energy into, you should get out. And if you can't get out right away, then you should make a plan to how you're going to get out. If this job, if you, if you know your job isn't going to take you, give you the growth that you want, whether it's financially, personally, emotionally, if it's, if it's not some way feeding your soul and your purpose in your life, then you need to have, you don't need to, this is my opinion. I'm not telling you what to do. I suggest that if you don't want to waste your life doing that and quietly quitting that and just kind of coasting through to whatever, to, to proactively decide that you're going to do something else. And if you don't know what that is, then your first goal should be, what is that next thing? What skills 
and resources do I need to get to that next thing? And that will give you an excitement for your life that will be much more enjoyable than just coasting. Because I think when you've quietly quit your job, your career, your relationships, you'll be in the situation I found myself in where you don't feel like you're living on purpose. Now I was trying to think of what's the opposite of quietly quitting. And it's really that feeling I had that I tried to describe in my book, Afterlife, of living on purpose. When I first got divorced and after I was dealing with the grief of losing my parents and I, after therapy and coaching, and I started just saying yes to little things that lit me up, saying yes to building some things, saying yes to creating, saying yes to some art, saying yes to some travel, that started lighting me up and gave me some passion and energy and excitement that then made me look at my business and I redesigned my business in a way that gave it more meaning for me. It still wasn't my my ultimate dream in life to be a financial planner forever, but it gave the time I spent doing that more meaning and purpose and fulfillment. And then that amazingly made me better at what I did, which my clients liked and gave me more business and more referrals. And so I made more income and I had more progress in my profession the last decade than I had in the previous two. So if you're not, if, if you're in a situation where you find like you've quietly quit, then I really think you need to have a, an exit strategy or an exit plan or a vision or start to create a vision. Otherwise we're wasting our lives, period. And the same things with the relationship. You're not doing that person you're with any favor by just sticking around just because uh, ultimately all of us deserve to be with someone that loves us and cherishes us and and is excited to have us in our life. And if you've quietly quit your relationship, maybe the person doesn't know it and they just keep trying to fix it and they keep trying to be better or they keep trying to be nicer and and you're just not in it, not in for it. I really think it's 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 not fair to anyone to 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 drag that out. So either I think we need to like look at it and figure out how to fix it and how to make it better and communicate about that clearly or figure out a way to go separate ways and the best that that works out best for everyone especially when there's when you have kids and things like that. And then the same thing with with um employers if you if you're looking at this and you're reading these articles going, "Yeah, my employees have quietly quit." It's not always your fault. Sometimes the person just isn't isn't doing what they want to do and it's easy to stay because it's a nice place to work and you might be a great boss and they know that, but they just don't love it and they're scared. They're scared to go do something else. Or maybe they've quietly quit because you're not appreciating them anymore. You're not, you're not doing the nice things for them. You're giving somebody else more attention or no one more attention because I I remember how hard this was for me as an employer. I was so stressed and so scared sometimes about about the business surviving that I didn't have time I felt like I didn't have time. I know I didn't have the energy. I didn't have the strength to focus on how do I find more clients and do a good enough job for them so that they pay me so that I can keep the lights on and keep my employees. I didn't have extra time and energy to put into their growth and development the way I ultimately needed. And it wasn't until my business got to a certain point where I had enough income to hire enough people 
through employees and contractors to get enough things off my plate that I even had the emotional time and energy and space to think about that from an employer standpoint. Uh, and that's, that's hard. And so that was me as an employer. If you're working at a corporation and you're, you know, let's say the, the shit rolls downhill. I mean, if, if the middle managers are, are not giving their people time and pushing them without, without end, that's probably coming from that middle manager's manager who's pushing that person for results and, and expectations and expecting that they answer emails on vacation if they take vacation and they don't really get time off. And so I, th- I really think this, this quiet quitting is part of our culture. It's part of you know this, this quiet desperation that we've all resigned ourselves to, except for the people at the very, very top who maybe even if even even multimillionaires and billionaires may have quietly quit what their real purpose in life is. And they're just kind of going through the motions of something that they're really good at of acquiring money or they've, they're in a situation where this, it just keeps coming and they don't know what to do it, with it other than to continue to consume uh, at the expense of the people in their lives and the planet and everything else. So I'm not meaning to sound judgmental about this. I'm just trying to look at it from from multiple perspectives and from my own experience I wasted and burned up too many years of my life in a situation that right now would be described as having quietly quit when I sat in my therapist's office for the first time and told her only 10 more years until my son's 18 and then I can get divorced because I can't get divorced now because I get went through all the reasons that society tells us. And I was telling myself of why I couldn't do that. I kept myself in a career and a profession for a lot of years because I felt trapped financially. I felt like there wasn't anything else I could do. And for a lot of years, that was there was some truth to that. I couldn't have just exited in those peak expense years for me, when my my kids, I needed to have money to to, to support them and pay for school and things like that. But when I wrapped my mind around what I wanted, and I built a financial plan that said, "Okay, this is what I need to accumulate in order to accumulate. This is what I need to earn, and this is how I can structure my expenses so that I can have more on my bottom line to save." And this is how I can make my life more efficient and my business more efficient. It gave me a focus that allowed me to not quietly quit my life. And I think that's the biggest thing because that's my biggest fear with some of this is if we, if we justify it too much, then we have to ask ourselves, what other areas in our life have we quietly quit? Or might we quietly quit? And then that robs that robs us of our life and time. And in a way, it, it kind of scars our soul because you're not living your highest. You're not living to your highest integrity. You shouldn't be taken advantage of and you also shouldn't coast. And so I think it's important. And that's what I've tried to talk about in some of these other, other episodes is it's important that we gain crystal clear 
clarity or crystal clarity is crystal clear. Is it crystal clear clarity? Uh, redundant? I don't know. It's important that we have clarity, extreme clarity about what we want and who we are. And that will drive our actions. And I think the clearer we are about those things, then A, we're not going to tolerate something that meets expectations. We are going to want to put our all into situations in our, in our, our, our relationships, in our job, and our lives. And if we're, we find ourselves in a relationship or a situation where we feel like quietly quitting, we either figure out how to fix it or you, you extract yourself in whatever way. And I think that that's the point I'm trying to make is I don't think people should be told they're bad for that. And I don't think it should be glorified either. I think it's ultimately, if, if you find yourself in a situation where you have quietly quit, you are in danger of, of wasting your life. And that's, that's the real sin. Um, sometimes there are things that religions will call sin or bad or they're forbidden. And whether you believe in anything beyond what you see or not, a lot of times those had practical reasons of why they were sin because they hurt you. Committing sins and stealing and lying hurts you. It complicates your life. It comes back on you. And when you are inevitably found out for having done those things, then you got to face the consequences. It's like, what is it? Mark Twain said, if you always tell the truth, you never have to remember what you said. So like lying just creates extreme anxiety for people because they got to remember their lies and keep them straight and keep them, keep that facade going. Whereas you just tell the truth. You don't have to, you don't have to remember what you said because you don't have to worry about it. Same thing with your taxes. If you don't, if you don't cheat on your taxes, you don't have to worry about, you might get audited and it might not be fun. It might create anxiety, but you don't have to worry that they're going to find something, which is why I've always worked with a CPA or once I, once I, my situation got more complicated, I worked with a professional and I gave them the information and they did the calculations and they told me what my taxes was. And anytime the IRS has written me a letter or called me, I gave the letter back to my CPA and they addressed it. And it's never been a problem because there were never any gray errors. There was never any, um, I didn't, I didn't push it. I didn't bend the rules or break the rules or anything like that. So that's the point I wanted to make is that one, if you find yourself in that situation in a relationship or a job or any circumstance in life where you know you've really kind of quietly quit, I think the I think it's you owe it to yourself to figure out how to fix it or how to get out. And if you're an employer or a manager and you've got a team that you feel like has quietly quit, instead of like blaming them, look in the mirror first and ask, well, what could I do differently? What how, is is there anything I can do differently? Have conversations and, and try to work on it and bring in a third party if you need to. And if you can't, then figure out how you guys can go your way separately. Just like like Everett in our last in the last podcast, she talked about breaking up with her boyfriend. He's like, he's he's a great guy. He's a great person. It just wasn't for me. It wasn't, it wasn't the relationship wasn't right for me. You know, you're if you have an employee that's not happy there, you would want them to be somewhere where they are, <laughs> where they are happy. And can you create if if they're great and you know that and you want them and need them, what can you provide for them that would make them feel 
like they're growing and 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 having having a good experience with them and that their experience with your company is meaningful and helpful in their lives as much as they are helpful to you. I think that is so so critical. It's it's so it's not one-sided and every everything now all the all the the stupid trending things on the internet it's always like are you for this or are you against it are you with us or are you are you with us or are you against us are you the are you you know whether it's politics or any big issue now it's it's that that's what i love so much about this integral perspective is it it tries to look at each of the arguments and each of the perspectives to see where they are partially true and understand how two different sides might fit together so in summary, <laughs> if you found yourself in a situation where you've quietly quit job, relationship, friendship, either figure out how to fix it or figure out how to move on in a way that's best for everyone. I hope that made sense. I hope that was helpful. I hope that you will take a step back look at your situations in life, look at what you ultimately want and see, do they fit together? And if not, how you can move towards whatever it is you ultimately want, because that is the thing that's going to give you energy, excitement, and joy in this insanely brief, short time we have here. So I hope that's helpful. If you're new, please check out my book, Afterlife, Waking Up from My American Dream. I poured my heart into that work to try to explain how I broke out of that cycle? How do I broke out of what was the American dream for me of, of doing a bunch of things that I ultimately didn't want to do that it was just draining my soul? And that's why I started this podcast is try to just share ideas about this, about these kinds of things. So uh, if you're new to the podcast, thank you for joining me and please like and subscribe wherever you can. If you, and if you haven't checked out my book, please do so. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or any, any local bookstore can order it. It's not on, it probably won't be on the bookshelf, but you can, they can order it if you want to support your, your local bookseller. So that's what I got for today. I hope this was helpful. I hope you'll take something from this. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you have any ideas, thoughts, opinions, and do your best to figure out what you want in life, create your vision, write out your plan, and enjoy your journey. Thank you.